Welcome to another exciting edition of the Dr. Funk Podcast. And now, here's your host, Dr. Funkenberry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podcast FM. Thank you for donations if you guys want to send them. This is our very special Diamonds and Pearls Review Podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest, musician and actor, Kelvin Brown. Yes, what I'm up, in the Kelvin? house. What up, man? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to this episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. Talking about the Diamonds and Pearls album. Man, 26 years. Damn. I'm only, I'm only 30. It came out when I was 12. That's how a lot, a lot of people are with that one. <laughs> now, the introduction that we first had to this, to this album, you know, after Graffiti Bridge and it being a somewhat of a failure, although Thieves in the Temple was a number six hit, the rest of the album didn't do too well, although it made top ten on a lot of critics' albums list with Graffiti Bridge. Dimes of Pearls was kind of criticized a lot more at the time, but later on, people had more of a liking to it, and it was definitely a fan favorite. Now, my first introduction to it was on June 7th, mm. we got... The Get Off birthday vinyl was sent to radio stations. Wow. Now, in L.A., Power 106 out here, which is like a hip-hop station now, they would play Prince back then. But Prince, as I said, Graffiti Bridge didn't do too well. There was a lot of flack for it. Before the song was played, they advertised it as being on their Make It or Break It at 10 p.m. And before the track was even played, People were calling in to say, break it. Okay. Now, okay. I had everything set up to record, and it was get off, but it was much slower. For those who have the birthday vinyl, wow. it's a little bit slower. It's longer. There's extra lyrics, but it's slower. Now, 95% decided to break it. But 92.3, the beat, didn't put it through make it or break it. They immediately added it but with a different version. It was still the slow down version, but it had sound effects from Alphabet Street, DMSR, and so many other Prince classics. Now I want that version and I still do not have it. If anyone's listening to this, <laughs> it has that special version to get off just so we can play it, get it out to the masses because it's funky. It was consistently played on their top eight at eight. Hmm. Then, you know, the song was out there 92.3 was playing it. Kiss FM said they weren't serviced it, so they couldn't play it. Then it was announced that Prince was performing at the Special Olympics in Minnesota. Hmm. And then he did, I had Kirstie Alley introduce him. And she went on Arsenio a few months before then, was talking about what a huge fan she is, and she just wants to twirl him around. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what happened to me. So <laughs> she, she introduced him, Dimes and Pearls, Special Olympics. A little bit of a longer version, our introduction to the new power generation, which was their title. Although, which you know. Is a funky, funky, funky bad band. Yeah. Some of the greatest musicians in the world is on that band. See, a lot of people like to say, like, the original new power generation band was Love Sexy 88. But Love Sexy was such a different band. 
that I just call them the love sexy band. You yes. want to take anything away from them, you know? So you had new power soul and all that stuff. Welcome to the new power generation of love sexy. But now here it is a band. Yes. And they perform Dimes of Pearls. You have Rosie Gaines. Yes. You got Kirk Johnson. Shout Jamie out to D. Kirk. That's my boy. I love him. Oh, <laughs> great person. He said it. Tony M. <laughs> Damon Dixon. You had Levi Caesar Jr. And you had all just all this yeah. going on. Sonny T. Princess Childhood Hero. Sonny T. So you had this band perform. Dimes of Pearls. Pretty cool. Incredible. Later on, and it didn't air until What about years. Morris Hayes? Yes, you have Morris Hayes in the mix. Shout out to Morris Hayes, another ex- outstanding gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and funky on them keys, boy. Woo! Yeah, so you had this Dimes of Pearls, and they also did another song that didn't get played until Friday Night Videos a year later, where they did Baby, I'm a Star, mixed out with um, I Would Die For You. Okay. You know, and then a little bit of Push was on it as well. That didn't air until Friday Night Videos. But then, here it is, Prince still getting a little bit of buzz. Now, uh, let me ask you a question. Now, on that show, that was the one, the Special Olympics. Yes. He, uh, oh, they killed that Diamonds and Pros. That was ridiculous. I was hoping that they would tour. Well, they did, but overseas. Interesting enough, you know, I think Warner's, whoever was telling him, he just didn't have the audience in the U.S., especially because Love Sexy didn't do too well. And Man, was were they wrong? We missed out on the new tour. We missed out on Diamonds of Pearls. We did get Act One in a smaller venues, but we did get that. We didn't get a Diamonds of Pearls tour. You did get special dates around LA on the Warner Brothers lot before all this was going on. Now again, Prince didn't have a lot of success going on. He still was having the stigma of graffiti bridge. Get Off was not getting embraced by radio stations yet. But then the video debuted, Caligula style. Oh, my God. And there was I'm Diamond and This is Pearl. Oh, my God. And that video. Oh, my God. <laughs> can, can we have a moment about this damn video? Oh, my God. It was It was hot. And let me tell you, I saw that video the other day. They've been putting up the print stuff on the uh, official YouTube. YouTube. Yep. Oh, my God. I didn't know that that video, you know, at the time, I didn't realize that I must have been, I was young. Uh, I must not have really, really looked at it. Oh, my God. Prince, woo. No wonder I'm so messed up. I wouldn't say you're messed up, man. <laughs> if you're messed up, we all are messed up. I mean, I, there was some stuff going on in there that I, I ain't never tried. I gotta, that's life goals right there. Some of, that, some of those dances he was doing with those girls and flipping them and stuff. Woo! And what was going on in the background of a bunch of stuff? Oh, my God. They were kind of rubbing the chest of Morris Hayes a little bit. They were everywhere. Look at you, Morris. And there was Tony M with the 23 positions in a one-night stand. 23 positions in a one-night stand. Get off. And then Rosie, let a woman be a woman in a man. She was singing her butt off. And there you go, sampling a little bit from James. Move your big ass around this way so I can work in that zipper, baby. And then it was speeded up. It was faster than the version that was on the original vinyl. And it sounded a lot better. Um, I believe 
as we look at the vinyl here. All right. Yeah, it, it was recorded by Michael Kaufman at Paisley Park. It was remixed by Keith K.C. Cohen, assisted by Kim James and Larry B. West in L.A. Okay, so okay. that helped it out. Then what put it over the top was that performance at the MTV Video Music Awards. Come on, though. He closed Come the on, show, son. gave out tambourines, as our friend Pez still has a tambourine from that show. And I have one from the uh, print show, the first, the, the, that one, of somebody I know who worked there during the time gave it to me. Really? Yes, I do. In plastic. Now, uh, 20000 thank you. So <laughs> you, you had all of this going on, and that performance with the, at, at the time, we thought the assless pants. Now, Sasha Lang says that wasn't the case. It was just made to look like it. Now, that performance had everyone talking. That dude came out there and he wrecked the house. I mean, I, would, I always wondered, which I've never asked anyone, is did they know that when he showed up, was it, I mean, what you doing? You dancing behind them and then you dropping in this this layer type of thing. He's like, this dude ain't got no little drawers in him. Just on top of this dude. Tony and Kirk say he sure didn't wear that during rehearsal. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, but the ladies like it. They went crazy over it. Yes, they did. Can you can you blame them? That was that was some real funk. I mean, they killed their performance. I mean, that was they they did their thing on that. Absolutely, and he got a lot of buzz for this record. And he, just he by doing that, just by doing that, everything went up. And then after that performance. Peace, love, make love. They did the Arsenio Hall show, but actually they recorded the Arsenio Hall show before the MTV Video Music Award performance, but it aired afterwards. Wow, I did not know that. And then local TV, they were putting up when a chance to be in the crowd for Prince a few weeks before for Arsenio Hall. He was uh, on Channel 13 out here. So you win tickets to see him and there you go. There was Arsenio Hall special, which at the time, they didn't do anything like that. We had an entire episode dedicated to one person. And of course, he wasn't going to talk then. So you got to get Patti LaBelle out there. And Patti LaBelle was storytelling. Patti! Now, <laughs> that was before the, the, the pods got popular. <laughs> there you go. Here's Here they are on Arsenio. One of the highest rated Arsenio shows of all time. Like yes. The former old Arsenio Hall show. Now you hear out, you hear the beginning of Diamonds and Pearls. And you're like, oh, he's gonna do Diamonds and Pearls again. But then it goes into Let's Go Crazy. Then it goes into Kiss. And let me tell you, that Kiss, I, I actually heard this uh, about a month ago. That performance, somebody did an audio recording of it. And let me tell you, the MPG. Shout out to y'all, y'all, are, y'all. I can't rave, and I've done it in person about how dope you guys are. And I know that y'all rehearsed your ass off. And you never slept, and you probably never knew how good y'all really were. You knew you were good, but I mean, y'all were, y'all changed the game. Musically, all my music, every musician friend I know has just said that you guys changed the game. So I just want to give y'all a shout again. Shout out to the MVG, Michael P, baby. That's Michael, Michael B on the drums right was amazing. And you had that, the performance of Kiss with 
as they hated it, Prince was calling them the Game Boys, but he took that away. It was just Tony, Damon, Kirk doing their thing and that stage setup. The kiss dance, everything, pop on the mic. He didn't have it like what happened with Get Off the MTV Video Music Awards when his suit got caught on the mic stand. But of course, Prince being the ultimate professional, played off real quick. There wasn't anything like that in Arsenio. Then the next thing we saw after Patti LaBelle was we finally saw how Diamonds of Pearl is going to look like in the long box. And it had the 3D hologram cover. Yes. Now there was Prince trying to do something different again before anyone else. And the hologram cover was cool. I haven't shown it to you yet, but there's a poster of it, of the hologram in the hallway, on the wall. I actually have that on my scratch though. My mother sent it to me in the mail and scratched my I ordered one off eBay years ago and the person, he put it in the envelope and it bent. So I, I had to find still, another one. Yours is not scratched up. Like no, 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 no. But it took me a while to find another one. Yeah. I was highly upset by the first one. So we see the Dimes of Pearl CD, and then he does another new song off of it, Cream. Cool. Kareem. And yeah. we're not talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Cream. Cream. Now, I have to make a confession about Cream. When I first heard Cream, I was not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Now, the record version, I was not feeling the... Uh, on, you know, seeing him well on the guitar, I was like, wow. But I didn't really get it, to be honest with you, at the time. You know, you know, you know I'm a, I love Prince, but at the time, I didn't see with that song. I was so right. caught up in Get Off, maybe, you know, I don't know. But over the years, it's, it's really grown on me a lot. And knowing how dope those guitar parts are, right. really were pretty cool. And it was a little different sounding the first time we heard it compared to what you heard on the record. Now, what's interesting was the MTV Video Music Performance on Thursday and then the Arsenio um, special airing on Monday. During that time, Get Off was added heavily in the U.S., including Kiss FM, which wasn't serviced it. Power started band. He comes on later and does Purple Rain. Now, a shorter version of it, but Prince did that one trick where he's spinning around and playing guitar and doing that solo. Yeah. Man, it just told you this guy has just got a bag of tricks. Don't you forget who I am. That's what he was saying to you. I'm, 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 I'm Prince. Don't forget. He made it clear in the next record. But, you know. It was just amazing. And then you come back from a commercial break and he hits you with another new song. Daddy Pop. Daddy Pop. Brother steady talking. And it's just interesting as he goes, when he got grooves and grooves, a list as long as history itself. And literally, he brought out like a little oh, yeah, that was cool. biblical scripture that was the size of him. And it had probably hits and hits on there. Like it was pulled out. What's interesting is, of course, Michael Jackson, a few years later, called his greatest hits album history. Just, just. Just wondering where he got it from. Interesting. Interesting right. Point. I never noticed that. I, I noticed all those things. Just that's why I feel My Name is Friends was made up, but that's for another special podcast. Now, there you go. Daddy Pop kills it. He runs into the audience, almost doesn't get out of it. Wearing a little outfit, everything is grooving. Prince is being talked about everywhere. Everywhere. He's the man. And then before we get into the album dropping, there was a special video collection that came out. 
with Get Off on there. Yes. Get Off house style filmed at his house yes. at the time. Yes. In Minneapolis. Yes. And then yeah, the Gangster Glam video. <laughs> the Gangster Glam video. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not wearing that bathing suit. Well, I think that was strictly for the ladies that was not intended for any male viewers. Male, they did wear bathing suits like that back in the 20s, right? In the 1920s. God, we're almost in 2020. Jeez. They wore that back then. You know, you gotta be a little different. It can't, it can't, it can't keep you, it can't be predictable. So. And, and doing push-ups. Hey, that was for the ladies. That had How come that didn't end up on the official YouTube channel yet? Was that too sexy for YouTube? No. I, now, I do remember it being on the Playboy channel. So, well, thank you for letting us know what you like to watch. <laughs> I'm just a simple man. Shout out to you, Health Man. You know what I'm saying? I try to live like you, brother. You and Prince were my eyes. Now, <laughs> I do remember in the 80s, Andre Simone on a picture disc was chilling in a chair, mm. a pool chair, mm. wearing that same swimsuit. So maybe it's a Midwest thing with the brothers. Was it the same? It wasn't the exact same uh, one, but it's the same style. All right. So that video collection hits. I'm just blown away. I'm just like, yes, I hope this becomes a regular thing with him doing these videos and releasing it. And it did make top 10 of the charts and stay there for a little bit. Now, this is where you had Diamonds and Pearls come out. And people at school were talking about it. Yeah. You had um, you had girls, you had guys talking about twenty three positions in a one night stand. And then the girls were like slapping, like stop, you're not supposed to be saying that. <laughs> now the album came out. I went to a record store, picked it up. There was one copy left. Got it, and I put it in, and there is thunder to kick off the record. What a great opening track! I wish there was more bass in it. Yeah. What a great opening track. Well, Or maybe we can get that 10 minute version that ended up in the, the Joffrey Ballet billboards that he did for that was an extended version. And there is a video of it because they showed a clip of it in the Act One video collection a year later. Wow, did not know this. Yes, but I want that 10 minute version. I have it, but not in the best quality. So it is indeed in need of a remaster and a bonus disc with that. Now, yeah. and that was like a little hit to Warner Brothers. Yes, and I love the breakdown in the middle with the hand claps, all that stuff going on. I'm like, all right, this is Prince. He came with that thunder, though, boy. I was like, wow, what a great opening track. That was I mean, he's got a, he's got a lot of them. Albeit a lot of people, the fans will say, "Let's go crazy." 1999, Sign the Times, um, even you know, I know. And the future, but I just felt that Thunder was such a great opening track. It was a great opening track, there is no doubt. Then there was Daddy Pop, which was performed on Arsenio, and he's doing it. And again, like, I wanted more bass in it. I love the song. And then in February of the following year, I'm not sure if they were planning on releasing it as a single, but Kiss FM Late Night on Saturday Night with Michael Martin. Played a remix of Daddy Pop that I haven't heard anywhere else. Wow. I think Michael Martin, I don't know if it's the same Michael Martin that's the head of CBS Radio in the Bay Area, but if it is and he has it, can you dust it off? 
because <laughs> I don't think he made that remix, but it was played late night and it, it had a little bit more parts in it. And Elisa's part in the vocals were turned up a little bit as well. So it's Elisa on there. Wow. Shout out to Elisa. And you do have Rosie on there as well. And Rosie. But Lovely voices. Then you got the Dimes and Pearls that we heard at the Special Olympics. Dimes and Pearls. That what do you think of that was- track? Diamonds and Pearls is one of my favorite off the record. Uh, I actually, in my mind, I thought that one, I don't know where it charted, but I thought it was going to be number one. I was like, he's going to get the respect that he deserves. He's back on top. Because, you know, due to the previous record and the movie, they didn't work out probably the way he wanted it to. But uh, I thought, this is going to do it. Diamonds and Pearls, it's, it's got that, that, Pop appeal, it's pop enough where it should really next level for him. So I don't know where it charted that, but. Uh, number two, number two. And also, it made number one on the RB charts. They did not release the RB radio, they released Insatiable to RB radio. Okay. And Diamonds of Pearls, Passive Insatiable, was number one on the RB charts. Diamonds of Pearls, number two was Insatiable. I thought Diamonds of Pearls was going to hit number one. But stalled at number two because of right said Fred's I'm Too Sexy. That's what prevented Diamonds and Pearls from hitting number one. <laughs> right said Fred. Really? Yeah. That's what prevented Diamonds and Pearls from hitting number one. What's wrong with these people? What a great video Diamonds and Pearls was, Dimes too. Diamonds and Pearls was great. It, it was. Uh, yeah, that was beautiful. It was. It was it gave you the true balance. That's what I like. That's why you love this man. And that's why he'll always impact forever. Is because he gave you the balance. Uh-huh. He was, he was, he, he gave it, you know, he gave it all to you. Roberta Blake. Like, like, uh, like the little Richard was saying. He gave it all to you. <laughs> Good Lord. Roberta Blake, who directed Kiss, directed Doms of Pearls. Okay. Directed Cream. Now, Randy St. Nicholas did the Get Off video. Now, Daddy Pop, we found out, was made by another company. The video was released after 421, 2016, last year. Different video shots shot live at Paisley Park. Okay. Really cool. Of course, that didn't make it in the video collection, which is upsetting at the Diamonds and Pearls video collection. But a great video, prints with different outfits, was trying out a little suspender look, not like Belle de DeVoe. With maybe, the overalls, but he was trying something different. Well, maybe Warner Brothers will release that on the YouTube. They don't think they got permission of it yet. That's another thing is we still got to get the estate settled. But there's so much great music. And this is why I wanted to emphasize us doing this. Is this 90s music is really slept on a lot. Yeah. And we got to make sure to get past that. So Dom's Pearls, huge hit. People that didn't like Prince that came up to me in school. Like this one girl, I don't know if she lost her virginity to it, but she was like, Diamonds and Pearls. That's the song. That's the song. Yeah, Diamonds and Pearls, that he, you know, what else we got? What, what, was, what was next on that? On that was Cream. And that hit number one. And I do think that Cream hit now, number I was one. I shocked that Cream went number one. Now, I'm going to tell you, I told you early on, I was not feeling Cream. Right. What I think did it, though, was that Get Off was around since the beginning of June. But it started getting hot right when Cream was getting released. So a lot of people were playing it. Then there was another song that people thought was Prince at the time 
called Do Anything by Natural Selection. So you had three songs out there, wow. one that sounded like Prince and then two others. So I think they're requesting the latest Prince song and they'll be playing Cream and it was Get Off. So I think a lot of chart success that Cream had was also on Get Off because it started climbing up the charts at the same time Cream was released. And that was during sound scans. That was the first time I was doing it. And another thing that was happening with SoundScan is I figured out, now let's keep in mind, Purple Rain sold over a million its first week. The Batman soundtrack sold over a million its first week. But they didn't have stats like that back then to prove it. You, even if you now sold you number one, even if you sold a million, you would be number seven on the charts. You debut. With SoundScan, that changed everything. And then <laughs> Downs of Pearls debuted at number three on the charts and everyone expected it to fall. And it consistently was selling 500,000 copies a week. It wasn't selling the copies of other artists at the time, like the Divinals would touch myself. That was the number one record. There was other things that beat him to the top in it, but he consistently was at number three and stayed in the top 10 for a long time, especially with the help of Cream on there. Then after cream, after cream, you had strolling. I, I enjoyed strolling. You know, it made some girls I know know some rollerblades. Well, <laughs> rollerblades. Roller, yeah, I was before my time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, roller skates. Yeah, well, they were blading. There's a rollerblades as well. The yeah, outfits. It was roller skates. Those, but he had the blades on in the Gangsta Glam video and that little outfit with the lollipop as well. But stroll and see the man with the blue guitar. Maybe one day he'll be a star. Yes. Give me the ice cream and I'll give him the keys to your car. Yeah, man, it was beautiful, man. That was uh he took you on a, a musical ride coming out of Cream going into that. I, I always right. thought that that was uh I mean, who else in this world could could pull that off? He sequenced it just right. He knew what tracks flowed with each other. You know? Like let me follow a cream, they're gonna expect another sex jam. Nah, let me Ease it down, let me slow it down. Slow it down, scrolling, man. And then followed up strolling with William Abel, which was a little bit of country and western with Tony M on that. Now, I would have to tell you if I had to pick a track off of this album that was my favorite, it is William Abel. I really, really enjoy the live version that they used for the video. Oh, that was killer right there. Now, what's interesting is, is that that is on the Dimes and Pearls video collection, but it debuted. At the Super Bowl, which was in Minneapolis, but he didn't perform there. They did a thing where it was the Washington Redskins. I forget who they were playing. The other team. It was the Bills, Buffalo Bills. And they wrapped Tony M's part at the beginning before the Super Bowl on the NFL Today wow. on CBS. Then after the Super Bowl, they aired the live clip of it. Just a little bit with credits running. And the Super Bowl is going to be in Minneapolis this year. Yeah, and Justin Timberlake's performing there. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully my Chiefs make it, and uh, if they do, you know, uh, y'all know where I need to stay. Y'all know. <laughs> y'all listen. Uh, outside Paisley Park. <laughs> I think your Chiefs have a better chance than my Cowboys. Back, back to this, back though. To the, back but to willing this. and able, yeah. that's a little bit different, a little bit of country and western, a little bit of the card thing is going on. He mentions cards a lot in his song, songs, and then you have the Tony M rap. Queen of two. Just let you know there ain't nothing. Nothing that I wouldn't do. 
And then you follow Will and Abel off with the edited version, although it has ass in it, but it's the extended version of Get Off. And that's what ends, you know, the second side of, of the first vinyl. Get and Off. That's, that's vinyl. It ain't, it ain't on the uh, CD. It is on the CD, but it just has the edited version. Just doesn't have the extra verse about stripping, stripping off like Peter Paul's I'm a oh, Joy. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you, baby. I'm telling you what. How's that? But I'm talking about the parking meter, and then that's right. I pulled you dressed up. Shh, you ain't got no underwear on. Yes. Yes. You know. That's why that kind of stuff is corrupting my mind. And they didn't have <laughs> in the underwear. Did it? Oh my God! It didn't have that line either. So I was a little bit bummed by that when I first said it. Mm-hmm. Right. Extra copy of the CD single for that. Now, then the second side kicks off with "Walk Don't Walk," and yeah. I love that song. I like the song too, and rhythmically, it was uh, it was done in a different way compared to uh, other songs. Other songs that you know, from a musical standpoint, that you can kind of predict. It was kind of it was it was just in a different kind of rhythm, and. I mean, nobody, no one is this genius. It's just it amazing. It takes you on a musical journey. And this is where I'm so frustrated because there is a video of this song. This what? Song. Yeah. See, Maite talked about it in her book. She's like, oh, he wanted me to do some video that someone named Lisa was directing, but she wasn't right for it. There's a video for Walk Don't Walk that's directed at the time by Lenny Kravitz's wife, Lisa Bonet. What? So that's in the vault. I want to see that officially released. I'm all about a video collection. What? Walk, don't walk has a video. Somebody need to call Lisa Bonet. I don't think she got a copy of it. I think it's in the vault. <clears throat> Maybe you need to call her. Anyway, so I love walk, don't walk. Walk on the other side of the street. Don't walk where it feels the best. Walk away from people you meet. Don't talk to strangers unless the lyrical genius. Then, here we go. We, we were just talking about what a genius he is lyrically. Yes. And then he drops Jughead. Jughead. Yeah. I, I When I first saw that title, I'm like, is this about Archie's friend in the comic books, Jughead? And That's what I thought when I first heard it, too. You know what? I think that would have been a better song. <laughs> no, No disrespect. But Jughead, like he, and he goes after people a little bit on this. Don't worry if you're looking silly. Look over here at me working for Willie. Now, was that about Pepe Willie? Because this whole song is about getting busy in the corner, holding my own. You think that I'm posing. Now I'm just frozen on nuppy, clocking a freak in a low pro, you know, discreet. Baby was laughing, but before you know, it was even said. She's on the dance floor next week kicking the jughead. Jughead. Now, the reason I say about Pepe Willie is at the end of it, you have Tony M, where someone is trying to sign Tony M to a contract. He's talking about money managers are parasites. And then he clocks the manager out. Now, a lot of people don't know this. This is the whole reason why we're doing this is so the Prince history doesn't get messed up. Prince was sued by his former management company. Say what? Over the ending of Jughead with Tony M saying that about managers. Really? Yeah. So that was craziness right there. So Cavallio, Ruffalo, and Fardnoli were getting sued because he fired him in 88 and then 90. 
Fargnoli took on Sinead O'Connor and told her to cover a Prince track that he wrote for the family called Nothing Compares to You. Prince wasn't too happy about that. He did not know that, but I bet he wasn't mad at those chicks. He was mad because he thought, because not for Diamonds and Pearls, because this was released after the Grammy nominations would have qualified, but he was nominated for Songwriter of the Year for Nothing in Paris to You against Ben Miller's um, Wind Beneath My Wings. Now, wow. but Sinead went on that tirade at the time that said, screw the Grammys, screw all this stuff, screw America. She wouldn't, she wouldn't sing the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, the ones that people are getting in trouble for taking a knee over. She refused to have that played before her concerts at some place, and it was a big controversy. Wow. And she was just talking about, screw this, screw that. And then MC Hammer at the time, who's humongously popular, goes, if she wants a, a, a plane back to her country, I'll send her there. And she started talking stuff about the U.S., started talking stuff about award shows. What? And MC Hammer did play for that, pay for that plane ticket. So that really hurt Prince's chances. And we've all heard this thing where Prince had out with Sinead. I think it was more over that than anything. Sinead's story, every single time she tells it, bless her heart. You know, she got little mental issues. I feel bad for her. We'll never really know what's going on. I do think that Prince is a little bit upset because there was like people that thought Nothing Compares to You was amazing and thought he was going to win Songwriter of the Year for it. It was a song of the year, which is given to the songwriter, not to Sinead. But lo and behold, Bette Miller won it with Diane Warren. Now, we get back to everything. We get back to Prince being a great lyricist again. Yes. Money Don't Matter Tonight. Money Don't Matter. That's another great song. And that band. Because this could have fit. This could have fit. Man. With Sign of Times, but... The thing is, the instrumentation of Money Don't Matter Tonight was on a different level. You know, and here it is. We just talked about it. They're all starting to play the Star Spangled Banner before concerts. And here it is, Prince Timely with the Gulf War thing going on. Money Don't Matter Tonight. And then just talking about, you know, hey, now maybe we can find a good reason to send a child off to war. So what if we're controlling all the oil? Is it worth the child dying for? If long life is what we all live for, long life will come to pass. Anything is better than the picture of a child in a cloud of gas. And you think you got it bad? Heavy, heavy, heavy. <coughs> in that video where a few years before, Spike Lee disprints for not using enough black women in his movies yes, and in his songs. Yeah. And then here comes Violet the Organ Grinder more black people in the videos, more stuff going on. And then he asked Spike to direct Money Don't Matter Tonight, two different versions, one with him in it and one just making a political statement. Now, you know nowadays, if you do a video like that, you're not going to get played on MTV. Fox News is going to come after you and you're going to have people on your butt. He was able to do stuff and get away with stuff that no one else could at the time. No one. Now, it was a top 40 hit. It wasn't a major hit. But the thing is, is that it got played on radio stations and it got played on MTV, which nowadays would not happen. Even if Justin Bieber tried to make a political statement, it's not flying. 
No, they're going to shut it down. Advertisers and everything. And just the video is just saying, Mr. President, what about the jobs? You promised jobs. Now, keep in mind, at the time of this, I'm not saying it had anything to influence it. At the time, you had Bush doing really well in the polls, high off the golf war. But he didn't take Hussein down, and he did the one thing he said he wouldn't do. Read my lips, no new taxes, and raise taxes. They have a video like this being very critical of him. Then you have Bill Clinton on the rise, going on Arsenio, all this other stuff happening. And then there was a little bit of a change. Not saying the video, but it's showing how timely the video was. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, just Prince being amazing. And then you follow up Money Don't Matter tonight with Push. A positive song. It really sounded outdated very quick. I think it was trying to go with that new Jack Swing, but in a different flavor. I really like the positive message. I really wish that he would have re-recorded it with different vocals for say hit and run phase one, I felt it would have done better on that. There's certain songs that he pulled out. I wish that's one of them because I really liked the song. I liked the message like a little bit. His rapping was getting a little bit better. He had Rosie up on there and it was just a positive message, which you really didn't get a lot with music and a little bit of rap at that time. True, true, shout out to Push. Now, get Push. You're vibing, you're dancing, you're getting your groove on in the bedroom, then you slow it down with a little bit of insatiable. Woo! Well, they used to be on my mixtape, which I know about mixtapes out there. And BT was playing that video. Woo! Insatiable, come on now. Insatiable was like the twin of Scandalous. Man, Martha? Who was Martha? See, I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be someone from high school that said that their name was Martha. And say the songs about her, Mayday. Anyway, he, he, um, he, he pulled a Chris Brown. Karuchi, Karuchi. No, I'm just kidding. Like a Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa Bet. There's going to be someone saying, oh, Martha, Martha was me. You know, they're, <laughs> they're just going to be saying stuff. We don't know who Vanessa Bet was. We don't know what the mirror and the tongue. Do you know who the woman was in the video? Who was the woman? Randy St. Nicholas. Oh, so that was the director? Yeah. But he had uh, a couple of other ladies in the bedroom. Yes, in that share that looked like the penis coming. Yeah. And that was in the 18 Nova video. and the, uh, All of this is fresh because I just saw him. You know, they just started putting them up. So yeah. I was like, wow, you know, as I'm older now, I'm like, this dude, what? Now, if you guys haven't, I was talking to Kelvin about this before we were recording. There was a Dimes of Pearls origin CD that came out probably late 2015, early 2016. There's a longer version of, of Insatiable on it. He doesn't have a screams, but it's extra lyrics. Like, if my boys could see me now. Uh, when I'm making love, I don't want my boys to be seeing me, but okay, Prince. I got to hook up with that version. If you, yes, guys, do. if you guys don't have a copy, hit me up. We'll find a way to get it to you. Do not pay for bootlegs. And when the estate releases this officially, I just want your word that you guys are going to get it. But it's Origins, it's a different version of Dimes of Pearls, just his vocals, no Rosie. Cream is different, maybe you'll like this one. Okay. Horny Pony, which was an outtake from Dimes of Pearls, and was originally supposed to be on it, was replaced by Get Off. A little bit funkier, but insatiable, man. See, this is when Wanda Sykes, Wanda Sykes one time said that Prince gets you draws that you bought, that you men don't even deserve. Yes, he, he <laughs> <did that. laughs> Just... Great. Ooh, that, that insatiable 
killing. Now we always performed it live. Great. Yes. And then you had Robert Hilburn of the LA Times okay. gave Dimes and Pearls two stars out of five, saying a person that used to have a dirty mind now has an empty mind. What is he saying? And he criticized the Criticized it. Please. Criticized the album. Now what's interesting is Flash forward to 1997 and Prince releases the Crystal Ball set and the Truth. Truth, he gave it five stars and said it's his best, most complete album since the masterpiece Diamonds and Pearls. Like, I don't remember your ass giving two stars five years before, six years before. Like I said, what was he And me, me and Prince talked about Robert Hilburn and he goes, those critics back then they were trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. So if he came out and said that the album wasn't good, it got him press. And now Robert Hilburn, if you remember, was one of the last interviews he did for the 1999 album. And then he canceled all the interviews because of Hilburn. And then he didn't speak to the press for a long time because of Robert Hilburn. Wow. You only had Neil Carlin, who we're going to have on the show in the future. Neil Carlin for Rolling Stone, was the only one able to get Prince to talk. He was the only one that Prince trusted. And he wow. talked with him in 85 and 90. Wow. Now, then you had Live for Love. Live for Love. Last words from the cockpit. You had the countdown, you had everything going on, really rocked live. That's why I'm glad they released the live version of that. It was really killed live. I mean, live. It was killing. That was what was amazing, is that Prince was great in the studio, and then his concerts, the songs would take on a whole nother life. There may have been a song where you're like, eh. Then you hear it live, you're like, oh, the live version, man. That's what's that. Nobody, nobody I know who could sell a song better than Prince. Even if you thought, oh, it's okay, and then he gets out there and he murders it. I mean, it's like, I've never seen nothing like it, and I, I've never seen anything since. Just amazing. And... The whole thing is, is what I was being told is live for love without love you don't live. Mm -hmm. Actually, for Prince, love was God. Like, love is God, God is love, girls and boys love God above. So a lot of this stuff, you can switch it, especially with Martika's love, thy will be done. Mm -hmm. God, thy will be done. Live for love, live for God. You replace love and God, that's how he meant it to be. That's how I was told back then, and I would listen to it, like, Kind of makes sense. Ooh. You know, he was being, again, a little sexual on the album, and then he was having his little bit of religious undertones without you even realizing it. Live for God, for without God you don't live. Live for love, for without love you don't live. You can still remain. See? <laughs> this you was... the Lord, but you can still love the ladies. <laughs> this was such a huge commercial success. So much was writing on it, because Warner Brothers thought... He couldn't make a hit album anymore. And they were hits and grooves yeah, yeah, up true. on this album. That's Jughead true. aside, I know our people from the Peach and Black podcast, Peach and Black podcast love that song. Not one of my favorites. But this album was huge because Prince goes into it with one album left on his deal mm. before making the symbol album. Now, Michael Jackson just got a huge contract. Janet just got a huge contract. Madonna is in discussions for a huge contract. Yes. Prince was able to pull. That was a whole problem, though, is he was more concerned about the numbers. So you're saying the ego got in the way? A little bit. A little bit. And this is something 
over the years, when Prince will play Montreux, he sent me that he's going to be the highest paid performer in Montreux ever. Or he sent me things like he's going to be the highest performer ever, highest paid performer ever at Coachella. He was always worried about the numbers. People would think that I was writing that stuff. When it had anything to do with stepping on my site and money, that was Prince wanting me to mention it. So he got caught up in that. So this $100 million contract that he signed after the Diamonds and Pearls album, when Walk Don't Walk was supposed to be the next single, again, you already had the video in the can, but he gave them Sexy MF. He's like, no, we're on to the next. And that's why it's before negotiations were even complete for that $100 million contract. Ooh. Now, $100 million sounds great, but when you read the fine print, Diamonds and Pearls sold $5 million. Graffiti Bridge, not so much. Allegedly. On his behalf, on the speak allegedly. Right. That's what they told me. Right. It was probably more. Batman sold five million. Love Sexy barely sold a million in the US. Sign of Times was at three million, surprisingly. Parade, not so much. But five million. Now here's the deal that hundred million dollar contract after the Diamonds of Pearls album where Prince went, look at these numbers. $100 million, but if he sells, he gets a $10 million advance. The album has to sell 5 million copies before he can record the next album, or he has to give 5 million back. Now, keep Ooh. in mind, not every album was selling 5 million yes, copies. Yes, yes. This commercial success, him doing the Special Olympics broadcast on ABC, yeah, yeah. him doing the MTV Video Music Awards, him doing Arsenio. Yes. But he doesn't normally do that for every album. Without a tour, mind you, in the U.S., he sold five million. Yes, impressive. Very. But as soon as I read that contract, I go, "He's not going to sell five million on the next album, it's even before right. it came out." Hence the slave period. But because wow. you know he released a single album. This is for another podcast. But he was at two point five million. And his birthday was on a release date Tuesday, June 7th, 1993. He wanted to release a five-song EP. Now, an EP counts as a full album. Anything after four songs is not a maxi-single. And you had maxi-singles with Get Off, with that amazing house style, with Violet the Orient Grinder, Gangsta Glam. Violet the Orient Grinder. Shout out to that video, by the way. Amazing on that. Very amazing. sexual. And the track was killing, too. You had Cream, Long Version, you had the Dimes of Pearls video collection, all this stuff going on. But five-song EP is different than these CD singles with the Collins, with Kirk playing around. Have you heard Cream, the new single Cream? All this different stuff. But the five-song EP he wanted out on his birthday, because back then release dates had to be on a Tuesday, had to be on that date. And they're like, you haven't sold five million yet. We're not putting it out. And that's where it all began because he already felt he's giving them older material that they couldn't keep up with them. And then his last show, which was the last show of the Act One tour, he said, what if I told you my name isn't Prince anymore? What would you call me? And he went to Party Man. And lo and behold, he announced he's retiring. And then on June 7th, he changed his name to The Symbol. But all of this, wow, all of this doesn't happen without the major, major success of Dimes and Pearls to show he still got it 
His best-selling album since Purple Rain. Whoa. Yeah. But I didn't expect this turn, my brother. You gave me a you gave me a turn on this. I didn't even I didn't expect all of that. I probably didn't expect it too. Sometimes I don't know what I'm gonna say until five seconds before it comes heavy, out. Heavy, heavy. But Dimes and Pearls, as much as it's that commercial success, yes. it gave him It trapped him a little bit. Basically you're saying it, it, it put him in a put him in a situation where he couldn't be just be creative anymore because they were like, no, we're gonna push you this way. He wanted to be the hundred million dollar man. Now the problem with that is when Warner Brothers is paying you that much money, they don't put as much promotional dollars true, into your albums. True, true. So that's what stopped that freaking promotional train from happening was that $100 million contract. What I did like, you had the Paisley Park Records. Go ahead, what were you going to say? Uh, now it makes sense that that gold record didn't get as much love as it should have got. No, it should have been promoted. That record should have been, a, you know, I know this is real diamonds and pearls, but yeah. that gold record should have been... You should have had more love. Absolutely. So, and it had videos. It had other stuff going on. Just craziness. But Dimes of Pearls, Major Love. You had the Paisley Park records that came out of that. Now, I think he knew that this deal wasn't going to work out just liking because he started recording videos all the time. Everything mm. shot and getting a bill to Warner Brothers. Mm. And they weren't taking it out of his money. But also another thing that he renegotiated it after with this going on was that the videos belonged to him. That's why when the hits video collection came out, video collection came out, it wasn't a comprehensive video collection because he actually owned the rights to it. That's another thing of why when Prince Forever came out last year, the videos didn't start hitting YouTube. They just started hitting YouTube over the past few months because they reached a deal with the estate because he actually owns the video. Smart man. Yes. Smart. And that's why he was able to release after this videos like The Undertaker, The Sacrifice of Victor through Japanese companies because he didn't have a con under contract with Warner Brothers for the videos. Really young. Really young. But I want Dimes and Pearls to get the mad love that it deserves. And that's it. You had so many jams on this. I think it's underappreciated, just like a lot of his 90s output. You know, I would say that this is a, a underappreciated record as well. Even with a lot of it sold, but this is this is an underappreciated record. Now I know a lot of females and females as well. They sat in bed for hours with that CD in their hands, just looking at the holographic cover and just having that music played with the long box. We used to get the CD with the long box. I know everybody streams everything. Right. That was it when music when music purchases were an event and he yes. made that video collection event as well so mad love to prince mad love to the mpg mad love to the mpg shout out to mpg we love prince but the mpg i can't say enough about them rosie Gaines, where you at hope you're doing better hope the fight from your diabetes hope you're beating it for real but mad love for everyone Shout out to the MPG. MPG again. I want to give I want to give more love to the MPG. Y'all some of the baddest. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. If there's anything that we left out, please let us know. Kelvin, want well, to thank you so much for joining me, my You're brother. welcome, brother. I had a good time. Yes. Again, yes. you guys got to make sure. We got so much stuff coming up. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher. Pob FM. 
whatever you want us to do, we're going to do. We got major special guests coming on and even more reviews. 23 positions in a one night stay. <laughs> Much love, everyone. Keep it safe. See you next time. Show me what you got. 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 Show me what you got.